You are now listening to Unsolved Mysteries and Cold Cases. I'm your host, Steve Matthews, your guide into the shadowy depths of the unresolved, the enigmatic, and the chilling. Each episode, we'll delve into baffling disappearances, unsolved crimes, and tales that have slipped through the cracks of time and memory. Through interviews, expert analysis, and meticulous investigation, we'll attempt to piece together the puzzles that have perplexed minds for years. So, if you have a curious heart and a mind unafraid of the shadows, join me in unraveling the enigmas that refuse to be forgotten and give voice to the silent tales hidden within the folds of history. In the cool pre-dawn hours of December 1, 1948, the quiet, serene expanse of Somerton Beach in Adelaide, South Australia, became the stage for one of the most beguiling mysteries of the 20th century. As the first light of day crept across the horizon, it illuminated a sight that would confound local law enforcement and engage armchair detectives around the world for decades to come. The lifeless body of an unidentified man, impeccably dressed, propped against a seawall, the sand beneath him undisturbed, and a half-smoked cigarette resting on his shirt collar. There was no sign of struggle, no immediate clues as to the cause of death, and most perplexing of all, no hint of the man's identity. It was as if he had materialized from thin air. In the pocket of the man's trousers, detectives discovered a tiny rolled-up piece of paper reading Tamam should Persian 4 ended or finished. This cryptic message, taken from an obscure collection of Persian poetry, the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, seemed an eerily fitting testament to the enigma that would unfold. In the days, weeks, and years that followed, the case would deepen into an impenetrable mystery, involving a secret compartment, an undeciphered code, and conjectures that reach as far as international espionage. This is the story of the Somerton Man, a tale entwined in uncertainty and shrouded in enigma a man who in death became a symbol for the unfathomable mysteries that lie hidden beneath the surface of everyday life. It's a journey through investigations, theories, and unyielding questions, a story that despite the passage of time, remains unfinished, captivating the imagination of all who dare to delve into its depths. Chapter 1. The Enigmatic Arrival That fateful morning, as the sun began to gently warm the sky, John Lyons, a local jockey, and his wife were out for their routine stroll along the coastline. The sea sparkled in the first rays of dawn, its rhythm punctuating the quiet. A figure caught John's eye, propped up against the seawall, motionless. At first, they thought it was a drunken man, sleeping off the previous night's indulgences, an uncommon yet not unheard of sight. As they drew closer, the reality of the situation took hold. It was the stiff, lifeless figure of a man, dressed far too formally for a beach in summer, his suit and tie oddly out of place against the backdrop of crashing waves. Feeling a knot of dread tightening in his stomach, John moved closer, his wife clutching his arm. The stranger's face was calm, almost serene, but the pallor of death had already settled in. Dropping to his knees, John quickly checked for signs of life. The man's cold, still flesh told them all he needed to know. With a heavy heart, he turned to his wife, who had already started to alert the local police from a nearby phone booth. Within minutes, the serene beach was buzzing with activity. 
As the police arrived, they immediately cordoned off the area, their stern faces a sharp contrast to the bright, cheerful morning. Veteran investigator Sergeant Lionel Lean took control of the scene. Despite decades in the service, this was a sight that even he found bizarre. There was no immediate indication of a struggle, no outward signs of violence. Yet, the man was dead, his final resting place a stretch of sandy beach. Who was this man, and how did he meet his end on this tranquil shore? Little did they know, these were just the first of many questions in a mystery that would leave an indelible mark on Australian criminal history. The man on the beach looked as if he could merely be sleeping, an anomaly that confounded the investigators as they examined the body more closely. The peaceful countenance on his face was in stark contrast to the grim situation. His eyes were closed, his hands lay softly on his stomach. But for the cold touch of death, one might have mistaken him for a weary businessman catching a brief respite. His attire was just as peculiar as the circumstances of his death. Despite the growing heat of the summer morning, the man was dressed impeccably in a well-tailored suit and tie, his polished shoes untouched by sand. There were no tags on his clothing, no wallet or identification in his pockets. All labels had been meticulously removed, leaving no hint of his origin or identity. Even the matchbox and unused railway ticket found on him offered little in the way of clues. Dr. John Barclay Bennett, the man tasked with the initial examination, was equally perplexed. A seasoned pathologist, Bennett had seen more than his fair share of unexplained deaths, but this was unlike anything he'd encountered before. The man was of strong build, in his early forties, with strikingly clean and well-kept hands, suggesting he was not engaged in manual labor. Strangely, his heart appeared normal, but his spleen was enlarged, a sign Bennett found troubling. The only immediate anomaly lay in his pockets, an unused railway ticket to Henley Beach, a bus ticket from the city, and a scrap of paper concealed so carefully that it almost seemed an afterthought. As the strange assortment of clues began to accumulate, so did the unease. They had a body, but no name, a death, but no discernible cause. The man from the beach was quickly becoming Australia's most enigmatic stranger. As the scene swarmed with police, their movements kicked up clouds of sand that lazily drifted on the sea breeze. Investigating officers circled the enigmatic figure with measured steps, their faces etched with confusion. It wasn't every day that a well-dressed stranger ended up dead on a public beach without a hint of why or how. The detectives combed the surroundings, looking for anything that could shed light on the situation. Sergeant Lean, the officer in charge, was a man who believed in details. He knew from his years on the force that it was the smallest pieces of evidence that often held the key to solving the most intricate of cases. He squinted against the bright sun, scanning the area. His gaze stopped on the cigarette that lay delicately on the man's shirt collar, as if placed there mid-smoke. It was an odd detail that didn't fit the overall puzzle. The area surrounding the body was oddly untouched, devoid of any signs of struggle or movement. The man's final resting position too suggested a peaceful passing, not a violent death. It was as if the Somerton man had simply decided to lie down against the seawall and drifted off to eternal sleep.
Meanwhile, the coroner's team arrived to transport the body for an autopsy. Dr. Bennett, the appointed pathologist, was given the arduous task of unlocking the mystery shrouding the man's death. The body held no immediate answers, but the autopsy might reveal secrets hidden beneath the skin, offering a way to understand the man's fate. As the day drew to a close, the crowd began to dissipate, leaving the beach to its usual serenity. Yet the echo of the morning's discovery lingered, the mystery man from the beach leaving an unsettling whisper on the wind. The crime scene was left marked but undisturbed, an eerie reminder of the puzzling event, and a tantalizing challenge for those daring enough to solve it. Chapter 2 Decoding the Enigma The discovery of a scrap of paper marked Tamam should throw a new light onto the investigation. It was found hidden in a concealed pocket sewn within the dead man's trousers. The phrase, derived from Persian, meant ended or finished, which only deepened the mystery of the stranger's untimely end. Investigators pondered the significance of this cryptic message. Was it a clue left behind intentionally or just a cruel irony of fate? Professor Paul Lawson was brought in to decipher the connection. An expert in Middle Eastern literature and languages, his keen mind was just what the investigation needed. The phrase, he confirmed, was a common ending in Persian poetry, particularly in a collection known as the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. This revelation sparked a nationwide hunt for a copy of the book that might contain more clues. The police and the public were equally intrigued and perplexed by the Tamam Shid mystery. Could it have been a suicide note? a cryptic hint at the man's fate, or a pointer towards something darker. The media latched onto the story, and soon the nation was abuzz with speculation and intrigue. While the public waited anxiously for developments, the investigators felt the mounting pressure. Every minute that ticked by was another minute lost. With the Tamam should puzzle at hand, they found themselves diving deeper into a labyrinth of enigmas. The beach, the suit, the lack of identification, and now a Persian phrase from a centuries-old book. The puzzle pieces were scattered, and it was up to them to piece it together. The Somerton Man's story was evolving from a local mystery into a nationwide enigma, a narrative filled with more questions than answers, each clue unearthing another layer of obscurity. Unbeknownst to them, the discovery of the Tamam should scrap was just the beginning of a perplexing journey into the labyrinthine world of the unknown man's life and death. An intriguing twist came in the form of a hidden car parked near Somerton Beach. The vehicle, a stylish Hillman Minx, belonged to a man named John Freeman. Unaware of the drama unfolding, Freeman had reported a small, unusual item found in his car, an unmarked copy of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam. The investigator's interest was piqued. Could this be the very book linked to the mysterious Tamamshid phrase? As Sergeant Lean carefully leafed through the pages, an unexpected find took him by surprise. Tucked away in the last page was a secret compartment, painstakingly carved out to hold something. It was empty now, but a faint indentation suggested that it once held the Tamamshid scrap found in the Somerton man's pocket. The find was a breakthrough. The connection between the dead man and the book was now clear. But what did it mean? In the excitement of the discovery, another subtle detail was almost overlooked. 
Upon closer examination, Lean spotted faint pencil marks in the book's back cover. As he squinted at the erratic lines, a pattern began to emerge. It looked like a code, a series of letters arranged in five distinct lines. The implication was startling, a secret code, a hidden compartment, and an unidentified dead man. It was like a scene straight out of a spy novel. Word of the secret compartment and its coded message spread like wildfire. The nation held its breath, waiting for the next piece of the puzzle to fall into place. Meanwhile, at the police headquarters, Lean and his team found themselves in the middle of an unprecedented mystery. The scale was beyond anything they'd ever handled. But they knew they had to press on, to unravel the intricate web woven around the man from Somerton Beach. Unveiling the code felt like diving into a deep, unexplored ocean. The cryptic lines were composed of seemingly random letters, grouped together without discernible pattern or meaning. This was a job for experts, and soon the code was on its way to the top cryptanalysts in the country. Professor Thomas Derham, a renowned cryptographer at the University of Adelaide, was given the challenging task. As he stared at the strange collection of letters, his mind whirled with possibilities. The nature of the code, its structure and intricacies, seemed to defy conventional cryptographic systems. There was a randomness to it, an elusive complexity that proved resistant to deciphering. All the while, the nation watched with bated breath. Newspaper headlines splashed the mysterious code across their front pages. Amateur codebreakers took up the challenge with fervor, sending in hundreds of possible interpretations. None, however, could convincingly solve the riddle that the Somerton man had left behind. As weeks turned into months, the cryptic code remained obstinately undeciphered. The mystery of the code mirrored the mystery of the man himself, both were puzzles that defied understanding, silent witnesses to a story untold. The cryptic code added another layer to the unfolding enigma. From the hidden compartment in a mysterious book to a code that baffled the best minds in the country, the tale of the Somerton Man was quickly turning into a saga of suspense. It was a tale that blurred the lines between fact and fiction, throwing the investigators, and the nation, into a whirlwind of speculation and intrigue. Chapter 3 Drawing Theories Amid the numerous theories swirling around the Somerton Man, one started to stand out. As the layers of the enigma were peeled back, the pieces seemed to fit a particular narrative espionage. The deceased man's impeccably tailored suit, the hidden compartment, the cryptic code, each element seemed to suggest the clandestine world of spies. Dr. Stuart Telfer, an expert in Cold War history at the University of South Australia, was intrigued by this theory. He began to delve into the Somerton man's case from this unique perspective. The time frame was correct. 1948 was the dawn of the Cold War, a time when international espionage was at its peak. Could the Somerton man have been a covert operative who met an untimely end? Even the location of the case added weight to the theory. Adelaide, the city closest to Somerton Beach, was home to the Woomera Prohibited Area, a top-secret British and Australian military research site. Espionage activity was not uncommon in such a place during the height of international tension. The public was fascinated by this thrilling interpretation.
It gave the case a sense of intrigue that was more akin to a spy novel than a real-life event. The Somerton man was no longer just an anonymous figure on a beach. He was potentially a shadowy player in the high-stakes game of international espionage. But like any good mystery, this theory also raised more questions than it answered. Who had the man been spying for? What had led to his death? And most importantly, why was his identity still unknown? As Dr. Telfer and the investigators continued their search for answers, the spy theory only intensified the enigma of the Somerton man, adding another intriguing layer to the unfolding narrative. The idea of a lover's tryst gone awry was as much a staple of crime fiction as it was in real-life incidents. The Somerton man, with his mysterious past and untimely demise, seemed to fit the mold perfectly. Could his story have been one of forbidden love and betrayal? This theory, just as tantalizing as the spy hypothesis, became another thread in the complex tapestry of his story. Jessica Thompson, a local nurse, came into focus as a figure of interest. Her connection to the case was tenuous at best, but her reaction to the police sketch of the deceased was undeniably strange. When shown the image, Jessica had appeared shocked, almost scared, yet she denied knowing the man. Could she have been a secret lover? Had she, perhaps inadvertently, led him to his doom? The circumstantial evidence seemed to line up. Jessica lived close to the beach where the body was found, and her copy of the Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam was missing its last page, the very one that the Tamam should scrap could have come from. Furthermore, her phone number was discovered in the back of the same book found in the Hillman Minx car. The theory of a romantic rendezvous ending in tragedy caught the public's imagination. It added a touch of human drama to the mystery, turning the Somerton man into a tragic figure caught up in a doomed love affair. The press, too, lapped up this theory, drawing comparisons to Romeo and Juliet and weaving tales of passionate encounters and heartbroken ends. But as with all things related to the Somerton man, confirmation remained elusive. Jessica Thompson took her secrets to the grave, and despite their best efforts, the investigators were unable to conclusively link her to the unidentified man. The theory of a lover's tryst gone wrong remained just that, a tantalizing theory, another piece in the puzzle of the Somerton man's enigmatic story. While the theories of espionage and star-crossed lovers captivated the public, a third hypothesis quietly took shape. The concept of the Somerton Man as a random drifter, moving through the world without a name or a home, was less dramatic, but it held a poignant charm of its own. Detective Carol Patterson, one of the investigators on the case, was a strong advocate for this theory. To her, the man's lack of identification and personal belongings suggested a person on the move. His excellent physical condition indicated a life of physical labor, possibly in different parts of the country or even the world. The absence of a hat, a common accessory for men at the time, suggested a lack of concern for societal norms, often associated with drifters. This theory explained the man's anonymity and the lack of people coming forward to identify him. If he had been a loner, constantly on the move, it's possible he didn't form any lasting relationships that would lead someone to recognize him. The lack of defensive wounds on his body could also hint at a solitary death, 
with no one present to either witness or cause harm. But the random drifter theory didn't answer all the questions. What about the expensive suit? The secret pocket with the Tanamshid scrap? The cryptic code? Were these mere coincidences, or were they pieces of a puzzle that didn't fit the drifter narrative? The image of the Somerton man as a lone wanderer brought a new perspective to his story. While it lacked the allure of spy thrillers or romantic tragedies, it added a layer of human reality to the man's tale. He was not just an enigma, but a man who had lived, loved, and ultimately died under mysterious circumstances. As Detective Patterson and her team pursued this line of inquiry, the Somerton man's story continued to unfold, each theory adding depth and texture to the overarching mystery. Chapter 4 Unveiling the Mystery as the local investigators found themselves grappling with the mystery of the Somerton man, it wasn't long before the case drew attention from further afield. The puzzle had grown too large, too intricate to be confined within local jurisdiction. Soon, the two premier intelligence agencies, the American FBI and the Australian ASIO, joined the investigation. Led by the charismatic and stern director J. Edgar Hoover, the FBI was no stranger to complex and high-stakes cases. Meanwhile, ASIO, though younger and smaller in comparison, was headed by the equally tenacious Brigadier Charles Spry. Both agencies recognized the potential international implications of the case, especially given the prevailing geopolitical climate. When the coded message in the Rubaiyat and the spy theory came to light, Hoover took a personal interest in the case. He saw it as a piece in the larger Cold War puzzle, a possible lead into uncovering covert operations on foreign soil. On the other side of the world, Spry, aware of Australia's strategic significance, was equally determined to get to the bottom of the mystery. The involvement of these major intelligence agencies ramped up the intensity of the investigation. Their vast resources and networks opened up new avenues of inquiry allowing the case to be explored on an international scale. However, even with the might of the FBI and ASIO, the Somerton man's identity remained a riddle, his story an unresolved chapter in the annals of espionage and counterintelligence. While the entry of the FBI and ASIO brought a new dynamism to the investigation, it also added another layer of complexity to the tale. The Somerton man, already a figure of mystery, was now enshrined in the heart of Cold War intrigue, his story intertwined with the powerful machinations of international spy networks and secretive government agencies. The story of the Somerton Man had become larger than life, a mystery that spanned continents and captured the imagination of an entire generation. As the mystery of the Somerton Man unfolded on the global stage, back home, the Australian public was deeply enthralled. The case had evolved from a curious local incident into a nationwide sensation, fueled by the media's ceaseless coverage and the tantalizing theories that peppered each update. Samuel Warren, a popular radio host in Adelaide, played a significant role in stoking public interest. He covered the case extensively on the show, his deep voice unfolding the latest developments in the case, his words painting vivid pictures in the minds of his listeners. Warren would discuss the enigmatic man's appearance, the strange circumstances of his death, and the theories swirling around his identity. 
public fascination was not confined to the airwaves. Newspaper stands across the country were besieged each morning by eager readers, their eyes scanning the front pages for the latest on the case. Amateur sleuths began their own investigations, delving into old records, studying photographs, and even attempting to crack the elusive code themselves. The public's involvement, however, was a double-edged sword. On one hand, it kept the case alive, a constant topic of conversation and speculation that ensured the Somerton man was not forgotten. On the other, it muddied the waters of the investigation, with unverified claims and half-baked theories diverting the attention of investigators. Despite the challenges, the public's interest in the Somerton man was a testament to the enduring human fascination with the unknown. Each development, each unanswered question, deepened the mystery and intensified public intrigue. As Samuel Warren's voice echoed in their homes, and newspaper headlines fueled their curiosity, the Australian public found themselves a part of the incredible saga of the Somerton Man, eagerly waiting for the next chapter to unfold. While the world continued to ponder the riddles surrounding the Somerton Man, his physical remains lay in an unmarked grave at the West Terrace Cemetery in Adelaide. Amidst the grand narratives of espionage, love, and drifting, it was this humble patch of land that offered a poignant reminder of the human life at the heart of the mystery. The gravekeeper, a soft-spoken man named Harold Withers, had been tending to the cemetery grounds for decades. He had seen many burials, but the Somerton man's case was unique. There were no grieving relatives, no tearful farewells, just a simple wooden coffin lowered into an unmarked grave, a solitary man's resting place unknown to his kin. Yet, despite its anonymity, the grave became a site of pilgrimage for the curious and the compassionate. Individuals from all walks of life would visit, leaving behind flowers or small trinkets as a tribute to the man without a name. Withers, a silent witness to these visits, often wondered about the visitors. Were they moved by the mystery, or did they mourn the tragic end of an unknown soul? As the years passed, the unmarked grave weathered the elements, but the interest in its inhabitant never waned. In fact, it grew, with the public calling for the exhumation of the body for modern forensic analysis. The hope was that, with the advances in technology, the Somerton man's identity could finally be revealed, and he could be given a name to mark his final resting place. The unmarked grave of the Somerton man, though a quiet corner of the saga, symbolized the human element in the sprawling mystery. The sight of the gravekeeper tending to the anonymous plot, the visitors paying their respects, and the hope for a final resolution provided a grounding counterpoint to the complex theories and high-stakes investigations. It was a reminder that the Somerton man, for all the intrigue surrounding him, was a person, a man who lived, loved, and deserved to be remembered. Chapter 5 Unraveling the DNA Evidence As years turned into decades, the calls for a resolution to the Somerton Man case grew louder. By the early 21st century, technological advances in forensics and genetic research offered a glimmer of hope. The suggestion of exhuming the body for further investigation became more than just a wishful thought, it turned into a viable plan of action. The decision was far from simple. Ethical, legal, and financial considerations all had to be weighed. 
Finally, in 2020, the South Australian government granted permission for the body to be exhumed. The decision was met with relief by many, including a passionate academic named Professor Derek Abbott, who had dedicated a significant portion of his career to unraveling the Somerton man's mystery. The day of the exhumation arrived, filling the West Terrace Cemetery with a sense of quiet anticipation. Under the watchful eyes of the world's media, the worn wooden coffin of the Somerton man was unearthed. Harold Withers, the gravekeeper, stood nearby, his eyes reflecting a mix of hope and sadness. Hope for answers, yet sadness for disturbing the peaceful rest of the unknown man he had cared for so long. Professor Abbott's team handled the remains with the utmost respect. Advanced forensic techniques were employed, including DNA extraction and isotopic analysis, in a bid to unlock the secrets held within the Somerton man's earthly remains. The exhumation marked a pivotal moment in the Somerton man's saga. It was a tangible step towards solving a mystery that had long captivated the public imagination. The world watched with bated breath as the man without a name, resting in his unmarked grave, embarked on yet another chapter of his intriguing story, this time from beyond the grave. With the Somerton man's body exhumed and samples taken, it was time for modern science to step into the fray. One of the main aims was to extract viable DNA from the remains, a task assigned to geneticist Dr. Lynette Taylor, renowned for her groundbreaking work in ancient DNA analysis. Dr. Taylor, working from her state-of-the-art lab, embarked on the meticulous process of DNA extraction and sequencing. The work was painstakingly slow and the stakes were high. The world waited with collective anticipation for any information that could provide a link to the Somerton man's identity or his past. After months of arduous work, the results finally came in. A distinct genetic marker in the male line, a rare haplogroup, was identified. This marker suggested that the Somerton man had East Coast American ancestry, a revelation that brought a new dimension to the already complex case. Moreover, the analysis revealed something else, a possibility that the Somerton man had descendants. Dr. Taylor and her team found traces of DNA that matched a small group of individuals living in the United States. While the exact relationship was yet to be established, the prospect of finding living relatives brought a fresh wave of excitement and hope. These genetic revelations spur on a whole new direction in the investigation. Professor Abbott, along with a dedicated team, began the task of tracing the genealogical links, the search now extending across the Atlantic. The world watched as this new chapter in the Somerton Man's story unfolded, the narrative weaving its way through the complex tapestry of human genetics, the potential of a connection that could finally reveal the man behind the mystery. As the Somerton man's genetic revelations stirred the investigation, an old lead resurfaced, the enigmatic Jessica Thompson, known as Justin. Her connection to the case had always been a source of speculation, largely due to a copy of the Rubaiyat link to the man, found in her possession. Now, Decades after her death, her role in the mystery was about to be re-examined. A crucial figure in this renewed inquiry was Jessica's own son, Robin. While Robin had passed away years ago, his legacy lived on in his daughter, Rachel Egan. Rachel, like her father, 
had inherited a unique set of physical features, an unusual cleft in the ear and a rare dental condition. It was the same set of features that the Somerton man possessed. Professor Abbott, struck by this familial connection, reached out to Rachel, who agreed to provide a DNA sample. The sample was sent to Dr. Taylor's lab, where it was tested against the Somerton man's DNA. The world held its breath as the results were processed, the possible connection between Jessica Thompson's family and the Somerton man holding the potential to upend everything. When the results came in, they were nothing short of astonishing. The DNA comparison revealed a high probability of a biological relationship between Rachel's father, Robin, and the Somerton man. The implications were profound. The Somerton man was not just a nameless figure, he was potentially a father and a grandfather. The Thompson connection breathed new life into the Somerton man's saga. The possibility that Jessica Thompson might have known more about the man than she had let on, and that their relationship could have resulted in a child, opened a whole new dimension in the mystery. With the genetic revelations and the Thompson connection, the world found itself on the brink of a resolution that had remained elusive for over half a century. The story of the Somerton man was drawing to a climax, the final answers tantalizingly within reach. Chapter 6 The Enigma Lives On Despite the monumental breakthrough, the mystery surrounding the Somerton man was far from completely solved. Many questions remained unanswered. Who was he? What led to his death on that sandy beach in 1948? How was Jessica Thompson involved? The ongoing investigation aimed to unravel these threads and weave together the final chapters of this enigmatic story. Professor Derek Abbott, leading the investigation, now had a clear direction. His team reached out to potential relatives in the United States, hoping to piece together the genetic jigsaw puzzle. This new angle was like a beacon, cutting through the fog of mystery and illuminating the path to the truth. Meanwhile, forensic experts continued their work. New evidence from the exhumed body was studied, the results cross-referenced with historical records. The rare genetic markers, coupled with physical characteristics, offered a glimmer of hope to finally revealing the identity of the Somerton man. Simultaneously, the puzzle of Jessica Thompson's involvement demanded a closer look. Her silence over the years had thickened the layers of mystery. Could she have concealed a secret love affair, or was she herself a victim of circumstance? With the established genetic connection, her story found itself under a new spotlight. As the investigation continued, interest in the case remained as vibrant as ever. Amateur sleuths followed the developments closely, theorizing and dissecting every new piece of information. The story of the Somerton man, in spite of its age, felt incredibly alive, sparking conversations around dinner tables and on social media platforms alike. Indeed, the ongoing investigation was a testament to the enduring power of the Somerton man's story. The quest for truth forged ahead, relentlessly seeking answers, and in the process, keeping alive the memory of a man who had long rested in an unmarked grave, but whose legacy had the world captivated. Even as the pieces of the Somerton man's puzzle began to fit together, some remained stubbornly elusive. 
a slew of unanswered questions continued to shadow the investigation. Every revelation seemed to open a new room of mystery, each door leading to another, creating a maze that promised the thrill of discovery at every turn. The identity of the Somerton man, despite promising leads, was yet to be definitively established. The tantalizing clues pointed towards his American ancestry, but a concrete name and history were still missing. This man, who had seemingly emerged from the ether and etched himself into the annals of mystery, held tight to his secrets. Furthermore, the circumstances of the Somerton man's death remained shrouded in enigma. Was it murder, suicide, or an accident? The autopsy had revealed no obvious cause of death, and despite advances in forensic technology, no further clues had emerged from the exhumation. The bottle of poison, the half-smoked cigarette, the uneaten pasty, they still refused to give up their secrets. The cipher, too, remained unsolved. Was it truly a code, or simply the ramblings of a disturbed mind? Could it be the key to understanding the Somerton man's final hours, or was it merely another dead end in a case full of them? And then, of course, there was the Thompson connection. The DNA link seemed to suggest a romantic liaison between Jessica Thompson and the Somerton man, but without confirmation from Jessica, who had taken her secrets to the grave, the nature of their relationship remained speculative. Each of these unanswered questions acted as a fuel, feeding the intrigue and ensuring the Somerton man's story remained compelling and alive. With every step taken towards the truth, the narrative of the Somerton man only grew richer, the unanswered questions a reminder that every mystery carries within it the seed of another. As the investigation continued, these unanswered questions served as both a challenge and an invitation, daring the world to keep seeking, to keep questioning, until the final piece of the puzzle fell into place. As the final chapter in the story of the Somerton man was being written, it became clear that his legacy was far more than a tale of unrequited love or espionage. His story had transcended the confines of Somerton Beach, becoming an enduring testament to the human yearning for truth, justice, and closure. In the academic sphere, the Somerton man's case had evolved into an important touchstone for investigative and forensic sciences. Professor Derek Abbott and his team's dogged pursuit of the truth showcased the power of modern forensics, pushing the boundaries of what was scientifically possible. Their groundbreaking work on the case became a blueprint for future investigations, demonstrating how to approach historical mysteries with fresh eyes and advanced tools. In the wider world, the story of the Somerton Man had ignited the collective imagination like few others. The intriguing blend of romance, espionage, and the uncrackable code had the makings of a Hollywood thriller, proving that sometimes, real life could be more dramatic than fiction. Books were written, documentaries filmed, and countless internet threads dedicated to the mystery, all contributing to a mythos that extended far beyond the shores of South Australia. More than anything, the Somerton Man had become a symbol of the nameless, the forgotten, those who had slipped through the cracks of history only to be remembered in death. His unmarked grave had become a pilgrimage site for those drawn to his story, each visitor a silent acknowledgement of a life that had mattered, even if it had remained a mystery. As new revelations brought the Somerton man closer to having a true identity, 
it was evident that his legacy was about more than just his mystery. It was about the relentless pursuit of truth, the unquenchable human curiosity, and the inherent value of every life. Despite the uncertainty that still shrouded him, the Somerton man had, in death, become a beacon of intrigue and empathy, reminding us all of the eternal resonance of our shared humanity.